You're listening to the Inventing Pros podcast brought to you by SourceDirect and InventingBlog.com. Our podcast is a weekly series featuring tips and tricks for the everyday inventor. SourceDirect is a full-service invention company that's been helping entrepreneurs and inventors for over 20 years. We developed this podcast and our educational website, InventingBlog.com, to answer common questions presented to us by inventors all over the country. And welcome to episode number two. Now, today we are going to chat a little bit about the engineering side of inventing. And uh, today I have Ed with us. Ed is going to be probably on a lot of the podcast. And as well as Ed, I also have Paul. He's our engineer here at our office. Paul, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. All right. So we're going to go over some questions today that have been posed to us by some inventors when it comes to engineering. So the very first question is, why is engineering so important for an inventor's idea? Now, I bet you both can definitely riff on that and I think we let Paul answer that one go for it Uh, my take on that is because it converts uh, the customer's idea into a universal language that anyone who does manufacturing fabricating machining welding um, can utilize that information as well as uh, patent attorneys inventors think that their handmade drawing is sufficient to make the product and that just is not the facts No, because you need to be able to load that drawing into a computer, which then can run a machine. Absolutely. And factories need detailed drawings with dimensions, exact sizes, so they can make the tooling exactly to the diagram that the product is being made for. So you can't take a drawing on a napkin. You can't take something handwritten. You can't take some little modeling program that just has a pretty picture with lots of colors. That is not sufficient. And that's where you come in, Paul, is you take those ideas. So, I mean, I, I'm sure in the in the entire time that you've been an engineer, you've seen a lot of folks just bring you a basic idea and go from there. What do you do exactly when they hand you that idea? What's the next step that you take to start converting it into these kinds of drawings that are necessary for manufacturing? Yeah, standard practice is to um, take some notes on the features uh, the customer is looking for or design criteria or even specifications before any heavy design is done. I'm sure that involves also a lot of consulting with the inventor, with the actual person, to make sure that the version that you created from their drawing is similar to their final product idea. Yeah, it's a collaborative process. Right, and they basically get to see it as it's being developed. Sure, which is really cool, which is awesome. So they will get get drawings, revision one, revision two, revision three, that'll show them how it's developing along the way. They can then see, wait a second, that's not exactly what I want. We can then go back and, if possible, readjust the drawing to give them more of what they want. So it's definitely a collaborative process, and it really opens up the eyes of the inventor. They get to see their product turning into a reality. Now, when it comes to the actual uh, engineering style, obviously there are a lot of different file types and programs. What program do we use to develop all of our products? Autodesk's product called Inventor, which is a 3D modeling and drawing package. It also gives us the analysis capabilities that we need. So it's able to like take a drawing and being able to pull it apart being able to like tell the dimensions, the weight, the size, exactly how it's going to be used. I think the physics are involved with it as well, so it helps you like understand basically via the computer what the product's going to look like in the end. Yeah, we start out with a solid model of the object or the part, and from there create the paper drawings and analysis, either fluid dynamics or structural stress and strain analysis. That's and, awesome. And we also have the ability to do a 3D model 
where the inventor can click on it and literally spin it around, see the front, the back, the top, the bottom, so they can get a full view of exactly what it is. I mean, that's a lot better than just seeing it on a piece of paper and not being able to like see the full, every view of it. That's awesome. Right, or how many times have we've gotten a really cool looking image and it's colorful, but when we give it to Paul and he goes to open it up, it's not a CAD drawing. It, there's no dimensions. It's just really what we call a pretty picture. Yeah, and yeah, that's considered a dumb solid. It's a dumb. It's a solid. solid model with no parametric features to it. No dimensions. No coloring. No surfacing. Right. And basically, we can't do anything with it. And yeah. I think that's like very important. That's a very important thing for folks to know that are inventing, that are trying to get into this and trying to put their product out there is, yeah, just a pretty picture is not going to bring your product to and life. And that's what a lot of the inventors get from these other companies. Oh, we'll do you a great drawing. And that's all it is, is a <laughs> dumb model that really they can show to their friends and family, but you can't do very much with it. I mean, truthfully, they might as well go ahead and just get the engineering done so it'll include a nice photo and a, a 3D PDF that they can move around, and it can be used for manufacturing down the road. A lot of companies yeah. do not have in-house engineering the way we do. So yes, they can bypass that step that costs them money and costs them time. So if you had to give like a roundabout idea, let's just say somebody's bringing you a basic sketch on a sheet of paper, about how long does it take for that to be transferred into a usable CAD? That kind of depends on how many parts and how complex they are. It can be from, you know, just an hour or two up to hundreds of hours. Exactly. Now it's based, you said based on the complexity. So obviously if somebody has just like a, a very basic plastic product that just has a couple pieces to it, it's obviously not gonna take as much time as a full on electronic product or like a like a, a big machine. It's not gonna take as much, but it's kind of the same process. For right, it's complexity of the parts and uh, how many parts there are to that assembly. Yeah. Sure. Because I'm sure when you're looking at an engineering drawing, I mean, from the basics that I've ever seen when I've worked with them, is there's just every single tiny little piece that ever goes into that product is a part of that file. And if you move maybe one thing out of out of the file incorrectly or you do the wrong math or something, it could break the entire Absolutely. thing apart. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing for inventors to know that maybe going into this blind is there is that's that's why sometimes these services cost a bit of money. You've we've we've gone through a lot of different trials and errors to make sure that we can get your product made quickly through these engineering programs, which is why it does cost a quite a bit of money to get it done right. Right. We we try to do it as quickly as possible, but you can't rush it. Sure. You have to go step by step by step. And also, it really depends on how much time the inventor takes in looking at what we're doing and making a decision, okay, let's go to the next step. Or if the inventor changes his mind, well, you know, I want that part to be smaller, this part to be bigger, changes also cost time and money. Yeah, and that's why the preparation is so important. The more prep you do up front and the closer you get it to the customer's uh, desires uh, and the features that they're looking to get, um, as a user product, the uh, closer that you're going to be at the hit of the throttle after the first samples are made. Exactly. I mean, you obviously want to have that good consultation. You want to make sure that in advance, the engineer and any product support people are working directly with the inventors. So you're not going to spend 25 hours on something and it not be close to what they want at all. No, we don't, we don't do it. By the way, here it is. It's done. No. They are part of it along the way. That's awesome. They are involved from the beginning. We are getting their approvals. We're showing what we're doing. And the key element to all of this is 
the, the a customer may have an idea of what they want, but then you give it to somebody like Paul, who's an engineer, who's got a lot of experience. He says, hey, if we change this just a little bit, it'll produce faster and better and operate better. So we take the time to look at the idea and the concept, and while we're doing it, try to make it the best we can. So we can not only save money, but also enhance the functionality of it. And it's kind of good because we also, when somebody gets their engineering drawings with us, it's more than likely because they're about to manufacture with us too. So not only are we creating the drawings, but we're creating the drawings with the understanding of manufacturing directly after. Well, and I'm sure you guys have experienced looking at drawings before that may be engineered very well, but they're not necessarily engineered for manufacturing. Correct. Because they may difference. be missing certain components because you need certain things to be able to be manufacturing ready. Absolutely. Yeah. There's and a that, big difference in the design versus design for manufacturing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you, and the last thing I think a customer wants to do, and then they can do it if they want, but let us do the engineering and then give it to another company to do the manufacturing. Although our drawings are will be you know useful for that purpose, it's better if they keep it in-house with us because then we can control. I mean, we designed it. We know exactly what it is. There are drawings. We can talk intelligently to the manufacturer about what it is, what it needs to be. When you introduce somebody else to it, it's like broken telephone. It just not always comes out the right way. So, I mean, normally we are... Normally the least expensive, we've been producing products for 30 years, so we know how to manufacture. So keeping the product with us from the beginning all the way through is a much smoother operation going from phase one to phase two to phase three to the finished product. Uh, a lot of inventors have been asking us, and we get this question all the time, does my product need CADs? What sort of products do need CAD drawings, which are computer-aided designs? So what? What kind of products that are in the sphere would, would somebody actually need these for? Most all the products really benefit from it. Now, you don't have to do it. Um, you could have a, a simple, some, if it's something simple, it could be 3D scanned, and then tools could be made from that. But it's going to cost you more in the long run. You're, you're better off doing the engineering that's required up front to produce a drawing package in a solid model that any of the manufacturers can use. And the other thing about doing the drawings is our, our software, and correct me if I'm wrong, our software can produce, and the terminology is a full color 3D model that looks like the real thing. Yeah, it's a full 3D parametric model. Parametric model, there you go. Because the parametrics have the dimensions, the colors, and the physical properties of that solid model built into it. And we also have the ability to export that in several different languages so it could be used with other engineering packages. So also, you want to do a little marketing. You're trying to raise money for your product. We do this model. It looks just like the real thing. And that is a key element, I think, in getting engineering done properly, getting this parametric model done. Therefore, you have now have something that is so lifelike. You haven't made anything but you've got something so lifelike that you could show it to customers, do marketing around it, create sell sheets, do videos of it. A great, great feature. Yeah, coming from the marketing angle on my end, I've seen some folks that have tried giving us like, here's my basic drawing, can you promote this product so I can raise some money? It's like, I can't do too much with it unless I have some sort of really good 3D version of it, even if it's not created yet, even this is like pre-prototype stage, 
it can definitely be used to market the product and try to sell it and try to get it moving before actually manufacturing happens. So. And what a lot of inventors don't know, engineering is complicated. Yeah. It's not simple. It's complicated. I actually had somebody who we spoke to recently that said, I'm trying to teach myself how to use Autodesk. Yep. No. And, and Good luck with that. Yeah. Good. And then I said, well, when do you want to get your product done? Now or in 10 years? Yeah. Because it's going to yeah. take it's, you a it's bit to take get It's going to take some there. time. Yeah. And, and that's why we have the trained professionals to do that here. Now, my next question, Paul, as an engineer, what sort of advice would you give to a brand new inventor who's just getting into this? Uh, make some sketches, take some notes of the features and the intended use, as well as the uh, design intent, and date it. That would be a really good way to start and to protect your idea and to have some level of documentation to get some assistance. Sure, and then you could take those notes and you could articulate that to an engineer like yourself. Absolutely. And you'll be able to translate that into something that's going to work for manufacturing. I think that's great. And Absolutely. I think another thing along the lines of that that's very key is have an open mind to changes. Have an open mind. At the end of the day, the product will function the way you want. but. If you have a closed mind and you want, no, I, I've had customers say to me, nope, don't change anything. I want it exactly like this. Well, we went through engineering and the professionals have come to a conclusion that you really can't make it the way you want. It won't produce. You can't make the tool and it will not produce. Correct? There are yeah. products like Once that. Once in a while we run into that. You run into that. So therefore, have an open mind to change. At the end of the day, your product is going to do what you want it to do. But we're trying to get from point A to point Z as quickly as possible in the best possible way we can do it for the least amount of money. Sure. I mean, we have the experience of seeing a product all the way straight through from A to Z and know the different sorts of steps and the different sort of pitfalls that may happen. So we're just trying to help you avoid them. Exactly. And, I've, and I've seen you guys go back and forth with different inventors before by saying, yeah, the physics of this isn't going to work. And then they question why. It's like, well, physics are physics. We can't really change those. But we can give you the, the I guess, the roadmap to making sure that your product is designed the correct way. So, I mean, we've seen CADs before that were made incorrectly. Yeah, like even absolutely. though even though the file was done, they were still made. And you're like this all won't, the time. This physically yeah. can't work all right? the time, <laughs> which is not good. I mean, and and that's what leads you right directly into a prototype too, because you can utilize that that CAD, which can be used for a prototype. And then if the prototype doesn't work as intended, you can switch the CAD around and try it again. And I know we do that with T1, T2 samples and all that sort of stuff too in the manufacturing phase. But it's very very important to make sure you have high quality drawings. Have high quality CADs, which will enable you to see your product in full before you, you know, pull the trigger and make ten thousand units of something. Yeah, all that information convey is conveyed through the solid model and the drawings to the other manufacturers so that they can understand the design intent. Yeah, especially if you're trying to manufacture overseas. You know, it, yeah. the, the the universal language is code. I mean, you'll be able to translate that code into whatever program that they have, and they'll be able to see it as intended as well. There won't yeah. be any sort of barriers there, which is great. Now, my next question, actually the final question that I have, is a question that we've been asked a lot. Can engineering drawings be used for patents, provisional patents, that sort of thing? Yes, they can. Um, they are not used directly, but the information that's contained within them, such as dimensions, material types, and any physical parameters that you assign are used by the patent attorney artists. Sure. And then they take it and then they're able to actually put it in the direct format that a patent is required to have. Exactly. Because I know a lot of patents look the exact same. I mean, the way that the drawings look are the exact same. So I figured that there was some sort of step that we had to take to send that in and then they can translate it over. Actually, it makes the patent attorney's life a lot easier. Oh, I'm sure. If 
the drawings that Paul just mentioned are submitted. Yeah, because they don't have to come faster. back with 20 questions. It's exactly. already there. Exactly. That's good. I mean, it's kind of hard to to like get it wrong at that point. When you have everything directly in front of you, that's going to be exactly how it's done. And they're also able to make more claims. Yeah. They can see more about the product, therefore make more claims, which enhances the utility of the patent. And we'll talk about patents a little bit later, but obviously claims means the more claims that you have, the more that it's strictly yours, correct? Like yes. The more that you have that you can show exactly the more it just becomes your full idea. Yep. And it's harder for other people to knock it off, which I think is great. All right, so we are pretty much to the end of the episode here. Is there any last final thoughts that we want to give our inventors about the engineering process and what they should look out for? Nothing I can think of other than document as many features that you can and as many uh, on your wish list as you can, any pitfalls that you have, sketch it and date it. That's also, be stuff. careful if you go to a company and they say, we can do engineered files for you. Make sure you get proper documentation of exactly what they're going to give you. Correct? Yeah, the devil's in the details for exactly. sure. Oh, for sure. We, well, I mean, we've seen that. We've had some folks that have come to us, like I said a little bit earlier, with, yeah, here are my CADs. And I'm like, even I knew, I'm like, those aren't CADs. And I remember sending them to you, and you're like, yeah, these aren't CADs at all. These are these are just 3D drawings. They sent me like a JPEG, and they're like, here's my CAD. I'm like, that's not a CAD at all whatsoever. So it's now, this actually brings me to a good point. I should have asked a, a little bit earlier. If let's just say they are going to another company and we encourage folks to shop around, even if they don't necessarily use us, we want you to ask the correct questions. If they're asking and saying that they need CADs for manufacturing, what sort of files do they actually need, like technically? Well, one of the things they should ask is, what am I gonna get as far as an engineering package? The things they should expect to hear would be that they're gonna get uh, drawings in the form of a 2D paper type drawing and a parametric solid model uh, versus just a dumb solid that doesn't have any dimensions, doesn't have any threaded features, any surface profiles or physical attributes assigned to it, like, for example, what metal it's being made from. Sure, so you wanna know this, the specifics. I think those are good terms for our inventors to use. So when you're out looking for somebody to do your CADs for you, make sure you ask for those file types because that's what's gonna be needed for when you're manufacturing the product. Yeah. Obviously, we want you to come to us, and we would be happy to give you a complimentary consultation. Call 888-373-3876, and we'd be happy to give you a free consultation. And I know whenever we have a new product that call, uh, that comes in, Paul takes a look at it as well. Ed takes a look at it. Our whole team takes a look to give you the proper idea of what exactly it's going to take to move forward. So we can take your idea on a napkin, take a look at it, and let you know, okay, it's going to take you X amount of time to get it done. We'll give you a quote, and we'll make sure that you have the exact right drawings to move forward with your invention. So thank you guys so much for listening to episode two of the podcast. This was all about engineering. Ed, Paul, thank you so much for thank being you. here. Yeah, thank you. If you have any other questions, feel free to give us a call anytime at 888-373-3876. You can use extension 212 to get directly to me. If you have any other questions that you would love for us to answer on the podcast, we'd be happy to do so. Just shoot it over to podcast at thesourcedirect.net and we'd be happy to answer it live.